DallasCowboys.com draft show. The Dallas Cowboys select Ezekiel Elliott. And now, your hosts, Dane Brugler, David Hellman, and Brian Broaddus. Well, welcome to the draft show here in Indianapolis, Indiana. We're at the uh, convention center here, and uh, on our final night, actually the final day as well, of the uh, the combine for us here on DallasCowboys.com. I'm Brian Broaddus along with Dane Brugler from CBS Sports, longtime member of the draft show, David Hellman of DallasCowboys.com and a member of the draft show as well. Kent Garrison, executive producing tonight, and we welcome you uh, to this uh, final show, like I said. Uh, very interesting day uh, when you have workouts. It was a day where records were broken and – on the field records were broken, uh, various 40-yard dashes, vertical jumps, broad jumps, you name it. Uh, athletes were on display today, and uh, we'll get into that. Uh, we'll also get into some Twitter on the 20, uh, like we always do. I always encourage you to get your questions in at, at the draft show. Uh, David Hellman will handle that. Uh, Kent Garrison monitors the account. The account. And so that's our way of interacting with you. We have no phone as we haven't had it all week. So, uh, but uh, we will do that Twitter on the 20. And then we'll get into David Hellman spent two hours today with Jerry Jones. Sure and if you're a Cowboy fan, you definitely want to be uh, stick around for this. Dave got some uh, quality time with the, uh, the president, uh, the owner, president, and general manager some of his thoughts on the draft, what the Cowboys might and might not do. Uh, Dane Brugler and I will try and uh, make sense. We'll be the jury whisperer if, uh, if we can be. I don't, know. Re- I don't know if you're going to have to whisper on this. Uh, we're going to talk. We got, I got something good draft-related from Jerry. That's why I, I, want to, I don't know. Sometimes you have to. Jerry is one of those guys that I've always felt like has a hard time, and I, this is going to sound funny, lying. Hmm. So if you ask him a good question, he'll tell you. He'll give you a good answer. So. I believe Dave got some good stuff uh, from the two-hour meeting today, and that uh, will help us with this uh, to kind of put a both on things here uh, in Indianapolis. And, uh, guys, I, I do want to get into uh, just the fact of the, how these workouts went today. I, I personally, you know, I love when guys run fast. I love when they jump high. I love when they jump far. I love when they do shuttles. I love when they just work out. And, you know, I, I saw some times today – that were astounding. And then I saw some guys that we've watched on tape that weren't so astounding. Mm-hmm. That maybe that maybe this is what they are speed wise, you know, and 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 so I, I want to get into that with you, Dane, but I, I want to always get your observation first uh, about it. And you know, you could talk about Ross or the tight ends or whatever you saw, the quarterbacks, whatever you like to visit with about your observation from today. Well we have to start with Ross uh, setting a new uh, you know, combine record according to NFL Network, the times they use, with the 4-2-2 40-yard dash, uh, you know, he was flying. I'm not sure his feet ever touched the ground. It was pretty impressive to see him go like that, especially considering he stumbled and came up lame at the end, that uh, that hammy. So, the, you know, we knew he was fast. Uh, you know, obviously that confirms it. Now is he going to all of a sudden rise up boards because yeah. of that? No, you know, that's, a, that's just not how it works. I tweeted this out, but his medicals are far more important than anything he would run in the 40-yard dash. We know he's fast. Yep. Uh, now, obviously, that, that'll that help him, um, you know, a 4-2 time like that. 
but I'm still interested in the medicals. We don't know what's going on there yet. Uh, he needs uh, shoulder surgery in March. He has the past knee issues. That will Oof. be the deciding factors. Yeah. Uh, you know, microfracture, didn't want to, you know, I hate using that word, but it's, it's, it's the scariest word. Exactly. So with John Ross, much more to it than the 4-2. Uh, and then plenty of other receivers stood out. I think uh, Chris Godwin from uh, Penn State, mm -hmm. uh, good film. Or he has good film. You know, we he came does. in with an already favorable opinion of him. Right. But his workouts were phenomenal. I didn't expect those numbers. I didn't expect a 4-4-2 in the 40-yard dash. Uh, he was the only receiver at 200 pounds or more to hit such a hit that number. Uh, there's a couple of receivers that were faster than him, right. John Ross, uh, Curtis Samuel, a few others, but Godwin was the only one 200 pounds or more to hit that 4-4-2 mark or lower. Uh, so impressive by him. He also had good jumps, 36 inches in the vert, 10-6 yep. in the broad, uh, 4-0-0 in the short shuttle, which is an outstanding number for him. So. Eager to see. I haven't seen his three cone yet, but I'm sure it was. Uh, if it matches those numbers, heck of a day for Godwin. Uh, Zay Jones kind of continuing on that momentum right. from the Senior Bowl. Uh, another one who, you know, he's a good test case because when you watch him on film, he rarely goes vertically. 158 catches this oh. year. Only four went That's for right. 35 yards or more. Uh, but sometimes it's a product of the offense. You can right. only show teams on film what you were asked to do, what plays were called, what routes you're asked to be run. And so for Zay Jones, I think he, you know, we don't see it on tape, but he came here and showed he is a phenomenal athlete, uh, and that showed with uh, with his workout numbers, 36-and-a-half-inch uh, vert, 445, 40-yard dash, over 11 feet in the broad. If you get over 11 feet in the broad jump, uh, it's a phenomenal explosive number. So uh, Zay Jones, I thought, only helped himself from the senior bowl, and it's going to make people go back and look at that film a little bit. Uh, you know, a player I initially thought, just based on the film, third, fourth round, after the Senior Bowl, after the Combine, I mean, you have to believe that he cemented himself somewhere in the top 75 range. Uh, just it, really impressive what he's done uh, just from January up until now. Perfect example of why the draft process is so important for a guy like that. Yeah, and we, you know, I, I, I know on my board, and we'd had this discussion about Godwin before. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I felt like that he was really a solid second-round player. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and that mix of guys. And, you know, Dave, we had some guys, though, that, that you know, that didn't really run very well that, you know, that might be that second-round consideration. You know, we talk about, uh, you know, with Cup. Yeah. You know, and what we saw with him. And I, he, yeah, I saw that he ran poorly, but, like, does that bother you? Do well, you care? Well, no. I mean, it really – I mean, I, I know the tape. I, I, I expected him to be – Dane, correct me if, if I'm wrong on this, but I expected him to be better than a four six two, and that maybe you maybe you didn't. You know, I, I was thinking time to work for the combine, get ready, be be a maybe a four five, maybe what maybe what Chris Godwin was a four five three guy from what I saw, mm -hmm. you know, from the times. I wasn't expecting a four six two. Does that influence me? No, because you can watch the tape. But I guess what I'm trying to say is. I think some people in some draft rooms now are going to go, well, he's a four-six player, but he's a better player than that. That oh. that's what I that's what, do people do you think people will? And I've been in draft rooms where all of a sudden is it because he's a white guy? Like, well, no, I, no, I don't think it's I, I don't think it's, now, hey, up. no, no, straight up, you're not lying. I, I don't, I don't, you're I don't not see, lying. I don't and I laughed you. in a way because you're right. Yeah, you, like, you, like, oh, you'll say, well, he's just a white guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and that's probably the wrong way to think about it. 
But I, I will say this, though. I, I didn't expect to force. And maybe when he goes to Eastern Washington, maybe people roll up that way. The time will be better. But I didn't expect that from him. All the way back in January. And I'm a giant. I'm a Cooper Cup fanboy. Right. I love. Like, he's awesome. His tape is awesome. He was great at the Senior Bowl. All the way back in January, I heard the player comparison of Jarvis Landry, and yeah. I think it's four seven zero. I think it stacks up perfectly. Like yeah. I don't, ex- I never thought he would be a burner. That's not his game, right? And I think it confirms what most people thought that he's not truly an outside guy. You want him in a slot. Yeah, that's where he's best. Where you know he doesn't have to go in a straight line. He can manipulate routes, uh, leverage defenders, and create spacing on his own. But, you know, what that 40-yard dash doesn't show is he has vacuum hands. Um, yeah. And that's something I think and he that's showed during you saw the drills. So he right. showed that during the drills. So, at 4-6-2, I don't know. I, I, I'm not very surprised by it. I, he's not overly yeah, it, fast. Yeah, it's funny. You're funny you say that because I asked you that, and you're kind of you kind of both palms up and you're like, hey, that's what Joey he is. Bosa. Yeah, Joey Bosa. Yeah, Joey Bosa. That's true. How about Isaiah Ford, though? Four six one. Yeah. See, yeah. was that a little bit different for you though? Because now we're talking about like to me, Godwin, Hanson, mm-hmm. Cup, Ford, Westbrook, Didi Westbrook. He didn't even work out at all. There are basically fifteen receivers going in the second round. It, that's how it feels because there's yeah. so many guys. And I'm trying to their, separate them. That's well, what I'm trying to do. I was going to say that when you led this off. Is yesterday we talked about the logjam? Like, yeah. none, did did anything get cleared up for you today? I don't See, think so. I, I Darbo think, well, ran really well. Yeah, He's Darbo. In there. Yeah, Darbo ran well. I was hoping that Smith Schuster from USC. You know me. I'm a cheerleader he, boy he, for USC. He did well. Yeah, he no, no, he did. I mean, he did for right. that. I mean, you know, even Mike Mayock is like, oh, no, that's a good time. Like, five, you know, four, five, four, yeah. you know, was a, was a good time for him, though. Absolutely. But I, I was kind of hoping, maybe I was, like I say, I was cheerleading for a couple of guys. I was hopeful that, that Cup would, you know, would have run. A four, if he had ran a four, five, four, I think I would have felt better about that. But, you know, I guess it is what it is in that, in that regard, though. Uh, how about the guys like, uh, you know, with Henderson, you mm-hmm. know, Taylor, some of those guys? How did that uh, How did that shake out for you as well? I thought Henderson had a, an excellent day uh, for a player who, you know, is a solid 200 pounds. Uh, was a 4.46, 36-inch vert, 10.11 broad. Um, I, I thought he confirmed what we already knew, that he's a, a very good athlete, a guy who uh, can not only go deep but, on the underneath stuff, he can be a threat after the catch, catches the ball well in stride. He's another guy that's in that, that second-round mix, and that, that's really going to make it tough when we try to differentiate the, these receivers. It comes down to what kind of receiver do you want, and that's, you know, you're looking for a specific type of receiver. That's when you can try and separate them, but I think Carlos, Carlos Henderson confirmed what we knew. Same thing with Taewon Taylor. Uh, it confirmed what we already knew. He's, you know, they belong somewhere in that day-two mix. Um, How about Gibson? We kind of talked about Gibson from West Virginia. Right. Yeah. As a guy, when you watch him play, yeah. so many vertical routes, he throws a 4-5-0 at you. I mean, is that – maybe we were expecting a little bit – I know I, I was well, expecting a little bit more when there. When you come out and claim that you're going to win the island. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. in 4-5 flats, a pretty damn good time, but not when No, you're, for a guy that every time you watch him on tape, it's a vertical – not shot it, down the field. It, yeah, when you're claiming that you're going to set an all-time record for the 40, that you can't view that as anything but disappointing. I think a big part of it is just Big 12 defenses. <laughs> that's uh, that's one of those things that is uh, it really kind of it can be deceiving. I mean, we talk you know we'll talk about Adam Shaheen here in a little bit. Division yeah. two, you know, like how does that? Well, Big 12 defenses. That's that's part of it. How does that you know match up with? 
you know, and that was a big question last year with a guy like Corey Coleman from Baylor uh, facing Big 12 defenses. Same thing with Gibson where, you know, he's just a 4-5 athlete, uh, 4-5-0. So, I mean, you know, high, high 4-4s, low 4-5s. Chad Hansen, for me, um, I thought he helped himself. I mean, not helped himself, but confirmed what we thought. Four five three in the forty yard dash, but you kind of have him as a guy that might be a one two on your board there, because, or, more, yeah, or, or more one, right? Because he didn't. I I think he's more of a somewhere in the top fifty. Okay, so you know if I'm at the end of the first round and I really want a receiver, he's the guy I'm considering. Uh, but I think he's more of an early day two guy. Uh, I think you saw in his drills just how he can manipulate uh, his athleticism very he controls his gears so well sure you know he might not be that explosive guy who just gonna you know take the top off a of defense but the way he can control his gears and mix in different things that's why he makes him such a, a elusive route runner keeps defenders off balance so I, I thought Chad Hansen helped himself with a solid time with the four five three how about the quarterbacks that threw today? Yeah, and I, I had a chance to uh, – And you were in on the drills. You got to sit in on the first drill, the first set of drills, I talked, right? I talked to uh, a scout buddy, and I asked him, okay, which which one of these quarterbacks was the best? You know, right. you saw these – which one did the best? He said it was Deshaun Watson. Just yeah. in terms of mm. arm talent, uh, putting the ball where it needed to be, mm-hmm. he said it was pretty clearly Deshaun Watson who had the best day today, just throwing the ball. Uh, and something else that you saw with him was – kind of what you would expect, I guess, from a, a guy who, you know, based on what we know. Leadership is kind of quality. Deshaun Watson was the guy, you know, Rallying hitting everybody. the guys on the butt, you know, telling guys, okay, this, this, and this. I mean, he, it's just that's an innate ability, you know, skill that he has that really carried over today, and you better believe scouts are watching that. I mean, the the Dak comparisons are just too stupidly obvious not right. to make. I mean, and I honestly, and, you know, I, I don't know where he goes, but that's gonna I that's gotta factor into it. Just that oh, yeah. that it factor, that leadership factor, all of that stuff. And you know, whatever his talent level is, I bet he'll get drafted above it. Whether that means he's back into the first round, he'll get drafted higher than that, or yeah. if he's a third round guy, he'll he will be pushed up because his intangibles are that important. Do you think people will look at him better than Trubisky? It's possible, sure. I we won't have a consensus. There will not be a consensus. Will there be at least a few teams that think that, I think that's very possible. Uh, I think Mitch Trubisky had a good day, too. He was Yeah, he looked polished. W- talking to the scout, the football, yeah. he said that Trubisky was number two yeah. in that pecking order. Um, and so, uh, you know, it wasn't maybe as, impre- as impressive as Watson, but uh, he still had a solid day. And, you know, we talked about how these quarterbacks, it's just it, there's no way to know. But the intangible factor is so huge. And you talk to Aaron Rodgers, you talk to some of these quarterbacks about – what makes a good quarterback, they'll explain to you that majority of it, you know, 75% is between the ears. It's heart. It's passion. It's, uh, you know, those things that you can't really gauge by a 40-yard dash or just watching film. I mean, it's really the, those innate qualities that not everyone has. And Deshaun Watson has it. And yep. if you're picking, I mean, you know, the Andrew Lux of the world and the Cam Newtons, like the super freaks is one thing. Right. But if you're picking between two guys you don't feel great about or don't know about, Give me the three- or four-year starter, award winner, national title winner who carried a program on his shoulders for several years yeah. over the one-year guy every day. I thought a guy that looked really comfortable, by the way, and I'll let you get to your point. I, I thought a guy that looked comfortable today was, was, and you've talked about him as a possible day three guy, maybe gets into the day two area, was, uh, was Nate uh, Peterman from Pitt. Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. He's the one guy that looked comfortable dropping. Everybody else exactly. is such a shotgun. Right. 
scheme-specific type quarterback. He looked like the one guy that when they – and that's what the combine is. You start at the line, you t- drop, and you throw. And, and it's not shotgun. They don't pitch the ball, and you stand there and make throws. He was the one guy to me that because he does that at Pitt, did he look the most comfortable right. throwing the football? That and that's way. what makes I think him an easy sell is because he is so well versed in a pro style scheme. There's not a big projection there. Um, and I still have questions about his downfield accuracy sure. and some decision making. But I think you're you're absolutely right about uh, just how comfortable he is in his three, five, seven step drops. You know, load fire. He can do all that. Right. Uh, but what I was going to say before is Jonathan Allen came through today talking. And he said Deshaun Watson easily is the best competitor he's ever faced. Yeah. Now, I mean, this Jonathan Allen obviously saw him twice in two epic games. Right. Uh, you know, to, to, to uh, decide the national title. But, uh, you know, he plays in the SEC. He's seen plenty of talent. He has seen and, plenty of talent. You know, he singled Including out, Dak Prescott. Right. Mm-hmm. He yeah. singled out Deshaun Watson, said it's the best competitor he's ever faced. Kind of talk about the tight ends here before we go to our first break, though. Uh, you know, we, we we had a group that just was outstanding when it came to just, you know, the the, yep. the, the flying part of of these, uh, of, you know, when you got a guy like O.J. Howard, you know, who is, uh, you know, 200, almost 6'6", 251 pounds and runs a 4.51. You know, I didn't expect him to run 4.51, but, man, what a heck of a – what a heck of a move by him yeah. uh, pulling that off today. And, you know, I think the we had two tight ends come in over 11 feet on the broad, which is just – it's ridiculous. There's only been so many people at the Combine, in Combine history, that have gotten over 11 feet in the broad jump. We had two tight ends do it, and David and Joku and Bucky Hodges. I mean, Bucky Hodges to me is more of a receiver, but regardless – Boy, Bucky Hodges looked bad getting in the stance today when he, <laughs> when he had to play What's in line. This? What yeah. do I do? Yeah, what do I, how do I put my feet? You know, the, the, the coach is trying to explain the bag drill to him, right. and he's in a stance, and Mike Mayock even goes, goes – Oh my gosh, what's he doing? You know that kind of thing. I NFL mean, coaches are just dog yeah. cussing. Well, college, the, both the it, what I'm saying though, there's guys, there's these these guys who are like these hybrid players. Dane calls it that. Talks like he's absolutely right. The Evan uh, the Evan Ingrams of the world. You know, a guy that's six three, two hundred thirty four pounds that runs four four three. I'm surprised with Hodges though. He came out at two fifty seven. Yeah, he doesn't look two fifty seven, but uh, you know, hidden. The record coming in to uh, today for tight end in the broad jump was 10-11, and we had two get over 11 feet. Yeah. So, and Joku would have had the record if not for Hodges, uh, who had it. But, no, you're right with, with Evan Ingram, a 4-4-2 in the 40-yard dash officially. Yeah. Uh, that's just ridiculous. Uh, and that's, again, why I think he's a receiver. Uh, that's where he does his best work. But plenty. Uh, you mentioned O.J. Howard. Uh, you know, plenty of tight ends had uh, good days today. Adam Shaheen, for a guy that's 278 pounds, right. ran a 4-7-9. Uh, if you get and look good in the routes yeah, too. The gauntlet, it, it, exactly, snatching the ball, caught, kept the straight line, caught all right. the. Oh yeah, I don't think this is a new. This is not news to us or anybody that follows the draft. I think, but we can let go of the notion that OJ Howard's there at twenty eight. I feel like, probably. Yeah, I yeah. Think so. I think so too. I, I I think that you know now the question became okay, could there be three tight ends that go in the first round? That 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 would be unheard of. I you think include my boy, our boy uh, Ashland. I, no, I don't know. You don't if, think? I don't know if Ashland gets into the uh-huh. first round. I, I don't know that. I, I think that he can get top fifty. He could get top fifty easy. I I don't think there's a question about that. Now this, but in twenty five years of coming to this place, this is the fastest group of tight ends I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, now the problem with this group is it was a pillow fight out there today in the backs. <laughs> 
Okay, like, when they're hitting the bags. They're not, they're not like true tight ends. I well, mean, you know what, though? Not, not the ones we're talking hey, about. Hey, let me tell you what. There's some of these guys. Uh, Jake Butt re- recognizes what Jason Witten is, Jake a Butt's traditional tight end. Yeah. And I'm saying that, though. Yeah. There's something to have in a guy that could be a traditional tight end. Of course. Well, I mean, yeah. And these are mismatched players. I get it. But you know what? If you're asking these guys to block, they're getting away blockers. Mm-hmm. At best. But I was a little disappointed I didn't see any more power and snap. You know, I, I was looking for that a little bit. When you got athletes, you can kind of get that. At least make some noise like you're blocking. Right. Those guys, it was it was it was a pillow fight in that. And I think that was that to me. I, I just want to see some hip roll. You know, when they do those drills, I can see you run routes all day. I can mm-hmm. see you catch the football. I could be real impressed with that. But give me some snap, some hip roll, and some driving off the ball to kind of make me feel like you can do it. 2017, that's what the colleges are. That's, that's what you're, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. It's you're seven right. on seven football. You're right. Okay, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to do a little Twitter on the 20. Stay tuned. With unlimited data from AT&T, you can stream your favorite DirecTV content almost anywhere. Side effects may include sports-induced public celebrations, increased desire to share spoilers, and repeated late-night use of the phrase. Just one more episode. The unlimited effect. Get unlimited data when you switch to AT&T Wireless and have DirecTV. Up to 22 gigabytes of data usage. AT&T may slow speeds. Must have eligible TV service. If you're not eligible, AT&T will move you to a new plan and overage charges may apply. Plan will include stream saver. Other restrictions apply. See store for plan details. Hey, Cowboys fans. Did you know that over the next few years, more than a million service members will transition from military to civilian life? Veterans face unique challenges when they get out of the military, and Bank of America and the Dallas Cowboys are teaming up to help with financial education, career opportunities, and support of military nonprofits and organizations locally in North Texas and across the country. We're proud to support our troops and are deeply grateful for the dedication and sacrifice of our service members and veterans. Bank of America, official bank of the Dallas Cowboys, invites you to join us in our efforts to get involved by tagging game day photos on social media using hashtag TroopThanks, that's hashtag TroopThanks, and by learning more about our commitment to veterans at bankofamerica.com slash military support. Together, we can thank our troops in ways that make a real difference. Copyright 2016, Bank of America Corporation. I went to my first Cowboy football game at the Cotton Bowl when I was 10 years old. I've been a Cowboy fan ever since in the Super Bowl years and the not-so-good ones. Teamwork is what makes winners. At the law office of Domingo Garcia, we play as a team to win your case. If you have been hurt in a car or truck accident, injured on the job, call the law office of Domingo Garcia and join our winning team. With offices in Dallas, Houston, Austin, Odessa, and Tyler, we can help you in Texas. Call 214-941-8300. 214-941-8300. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. The Cowboys are on the clock. We are back here at the Draft Show. I got stunned right there. They're doing they're yeah, combine talk, and they're like, come listen to Bill Poley. And I'm like, what? Yeah, Bill Poley. See you guys gonna, later. Yeah, Bill Poley's going <laughs> to hang out. and Why Terrell Owens and Randy Moss should not be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, exactly. Rappaport is like right over there if you want to go talk to him. That's nah, okay. We're good with him. <laughs> We're all right. <laughs> Trying to make trades, you're gonna you're gonna debuck one of his trades today. I have a feeling when yeah, we get we to can the, talk about that, Dave. Uh, we want to and uh, Dane. We want to thank uh, Cali- uh, Caliber Collision for coming on board and helping us out through this uh, whole process here while we're in Indianapolis. And we also want to thank our good friends at Tommy John, uh, our favorite uh, underwear brand. Uh, we continue to sing its praises 
as we work through these uh, these days here in Indianapolis, heading back to uh, Dallas tomorrow. But uh, good buddies at Tommy John, right, Dave? Love Tommy John. Actually, somebody just tweeted me and said, you need to pay those or you need to have those no-bunch underwear folks pay you to stay in India another couple of days and see these DBs. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, well. Uh, Tommy John makes a fine product, but unfortunately they're not paying my hotel room well, we, bill. Yeah, that is true. But we thank them. Caliber Collision and Tommy John, both of them. All right, Dave, it is time for a little. Twitter on the 20. Thank you very much. It's all yours. Okay, that's a good segue because uh, we were just talking about tight ends and we did not talk about this guy. Uh, Jonah wants to know, what can you tell me about uh, Florida International's Janu Smith? Big fan. And and I'll, as usual, you know, a range, if you will. Yeah, he he was in the four six range today in his forties, uh, which is a good number for him. Not the biggest guy. What he came in at six two and a half, two hundred forty eight pounds. That's him. Uh, you know, he's a little undersized, which you want in a traditional tight end. But he's that move, uh, you know, style tight end, that joker. That you can, you know, motion, you can kick him outside, uh, put him on the wing, do a couple different things with him, more of that H-back style. I think he's a very natural receiver. Uh, you saw that at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, uh, and I sure thought, did. I thought you saw it here. Uh, John U. Smith, to me, somewhere in that probably probably fourth round. Mm-hmm. I, I gave him a 3-4, yeah. Yeah. but I, I, I like him a little bit more than I think where he'll end up. But I think somewhere early day three is where he'll go. I think I liked, uh, I think I liked Gerald Edwards. Gerald Everett a little Mm -hmm. bit better than him. You know, I I I agree. Yeah, I saw a little bit more of him from South Alabama. So, yeah, kind of the similar styles of guys. You talk about the the Joker uh, guy. You know, here's a guy Everett that came in 6'3", 239. 12 pounds more than 12 pounds in the senior bowl. But you watch his tape at South Alabama. Now, there's a guy that gets in some blocks and will snap a little bit. You Mm -hmm. can see the hip roll and him trying to get guys to the outside, though. So I was a little bit, uh, you know, both guys actually did 22 times on the bench. An identical yeah. four six two forty. Exactly. So. so similar player, but I, I think I would like the South Alabama kid, uh, Everett, a little bit more than I would uh, than Smith. I agree. I have a third on Everett and a 3-4 on Smith. There you go. So you're telling me I, like, I should feel good about the tight end pool beyond, like, the first round. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. you should. No, group, absolutely. Uh, and that's the biggest reason why – you know, we said this before, but why maybe an O.J. Howard could be there just because you kind of pass on him because you want to get that pass rusher early yeah. on. You want to get yeah. that, you know. The corner, the receiver. Right. Yeah, so yeah. the top 25 is filled with those positions, and right. a guy like O.J. Howard or David Njoku could slip a little bit and could be an option. Fair enough. Alfredo wants to know, DBs do their workout tomorrow, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the most important drill to watch for DBs? Well, they'll be on Monday. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Um, My bad. I got confused. But, yeah, I mean, I mean the 40-yard dash, obviously, I mean, that straight-line speed. Straight-line uh, speed. A lot of times you see uh, corners, man, you, you want to see that makeup speed as well. Uh, you know, at playing the cornerback position, it's inevitable. You're going to get beat, and you're going to have to make up a few steps. So I want to see him there. You know, three cones, obviously, a big one. Vertical, like that, an actual explosion. But the positional drills where I, I like I, – I love watching the positional drills with the corners and the yeah. DBs. That backpedal. The backpedal turn, right. open, and go. Can you stay on a vertical yeah. plane? and that's an Oakland Raider drill. Right. <laughs> Can you stay low in your pedal, use your hips, stay on that vertical plane, and not lose speed, not have to you know gather yourself, gear down, you, you maintain that momentum? That's something that a lot of colleges, they don't ask you to press and right. play with the natural transition that a lot of NFL teams are going to ask you to do. So 
that drill to me exposes a lot of guys who have struggles. Well, I tell you what, you are absolutely right. That was my favorite one. Mm-hmm. If you go away from the TV though, and or you tape this, and you want to come back and watch, watch the drill again. The Raiders are the ones that got this drill in. Actually, Al Davis, uh, you know, smart man. He he said, "Listen, let's let these guys pedal, let's let them turn and then burst, and they do it to the right, mm-hmm. and they do it to the left." And, and they so, don't. And they don't know. And they know, don't. Yeah. Defend or the yeah. the coach will yeah. direct them which yeah. way they're going to go. So yeah, it, it it really really helps you that way. I mean, when you can pedal, turn, and burst, that, I, I love those drills. And when they do the uh, the ball skill drills, with right? The DBs where yeah, it's like soccer. It's like soccer pedal, goalies sometimes go out there. Fire a fastball at them. Right. You know. You see which DBs have the soft hands, stone hands. Right. Uh, it, that, that's a fun drill to watch as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Kind of covered it all, didn't we? Yeah, DBs no. are fun to watch. They that's are, yeah, my yeah. personal. That's my per. Yeah, you know, the the receivers and quarterbacks went two hours and forty five minutes today. As in, I mean, that is I'm a marathon. It's, it's kind of bogged down. Well, there's some things they probably need to take out of that a little bit, but I think the D, if the DBs go two hours and forty five minutes, I think every drill you get something out of it though. Yeah. yeah. It's an important position, as we all know. I know we touched on him in the first segment, but Josh would just like y'all to talk a little bit more about Evan Ingram. Yeah, you know, I, I list him as a receiver, and I think because uh, that's how he's used at Ole Miss. I yep. don't see an inline guy, regardless of what you call him, receiver or tight end, very athletic, and obviously he showed that today with four four two. But the way he can stretch the seam, uh, the way uh, you know he can manipulate space over the middle of the field, I, I think he has reliable hands. Uh, but again, just not a guy you want in line, uh, you know, blocking or you, know, you can use him maybe on the wing, use him in different scenarios where. He'll need to just sustain for a moment or two just to slow down defenders, but he's not an overpowering guy in that sense. But he's an athlete. Let him go run routes. Let him be a weapon on your offense that your quarterback can throw to. Yeah, I think this guy does a really nice job of finding space. Yeah. You know, that's his ability. He has an awareness of where he needs to be in a route. I think Dane has got him cold as far as the, where he where he is. What round you give him? I, I, I put him in the third Okay, is what I did. I, I love him more as a, as the receiving traits than I do the blocking traits. Well, let me ask you this real quick. Sorry to cut you off, but so you're drafting this guy in the third round to play receiver, though. Basically, or to play to play. What are you doing with him? I think you're you're drafting him to be that hybrid player. That I mean, he's not an inline player. He no. plays when you watch him. He rarely puts his hand on the ground. He plays as a wing. He plays detached. He's always going up the field, and I when guess. he does block. He's a he lacks sustain. My 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 concern here is that we we rode the Gavin Escobar ride and it didn't work out. And based on the like what the Cowboys want to do, yeah. I mean, if he can play receiver outside and be good, fine. But I don't I don't need because that's not how they want to use their tight end. Jeff Swain can catch the football for he this can football al- he, team, he and he can, can also block. block. That's my yeah. point. I have a one-two on Ingram. Yeah, um, I, because I think he's a big slot receiver. Yeah. I don't think he's you know a tight end. I don't think he should be used as one. I think you put him in a slot. Kind of like how the Saints use Marquise Colston, sure. you know, that big slot guy, and let him. You know, he not only can he work the middle of the field, but he can run different routes. And I, I don't know. I to me, I have that value in the top forty. Now you have to buy into that. I don't think it'd work for the Cowboys. Yeah, and that's you know, right. Me being selfish sure. as I am, super intriguing player, not for this team, at least right. not in my opinion. I, I agree with that. Yep. Um, somebody wanted to know what did y'all think about Pat Pat Mahomes today. What about that, Pat Mahomes? You see the arm talent. It's, I mean, it's clear. The guy can spray it all over the field. Um, you know, I don't think we expected to 
see this monumental transition where all of a sudden he's looks smooth in his backpack or in his yeah. uh, in, in his footwork and you know the mechanics and obviously he has a long way to go. We saw that today, but uh, you know the ball, the way it comes off his hand, it's special. Yeah. It really is. The thing that I noticed about Pat Mahomes throwing the football today is if he had three shots to throw the ball and maybe one on the out was a little behind and maybe the next one was a little behind. The third one was where it needed to be. Yeah. It's kind of like he said, throw, oh, you clap the hands. Throw, clap the hands. And then it was throw, okay, that's where it needs right. to be. So, yeah, Mahomes is going to need a lot of work. I mean, he really, really is. Right. The, Dane's right again. The arm talent's there. The ability to throw from different platforms, that's something that everybody's going to talk about. There's going to be comparisons to him about how he drops down, how he can throw over the top, how he can throw to his left, how he can throw to his right. I mean, these are all things we saw Dak Prescott do. I mean, we saw all his his ability to run full to his left and fire the ball outside or open uh, open up his hips and throw the ball down the field. These are things that Pat Mahomes can do, and we'll hear more about that as the workouts, and we'll see we'll see how things shake out for him. Maybe there'll be some, some video of him, and, and you know we get this at the Cowboys where they work out with him, and maybe you'll see a different quarterback. Maybe you won't see the, the gunslinger, uh, loose uh, ability. You'll see more of a, a tightened-up throwing motion and more of a step. You know, that's the thing that happened to Kaiser, I think, a little bit today. I think Mike Mayock and even uh, uh, Carr, the, the mm. former quarterback, brought this up. Yeah. Kaiser never stepped in the same spot when he was throwing the ball. Everything was step here, and then it was step here, and they never he never hit that spot. And I think you saw it with the a ac- lot of quarterbacks today. The accuracy and then suffers. the accuracy suffers because foot hits here wide, right. foot hits in the middle, foot hits here. So you don't see that. These guys have got to tighten up some of their throwing motion stuff. They really do. Yeah, I was a little surprised at Mahomes. I thought he'd run a little better than a 4-8. Yeah. Um, I didn't think he was a 4-3 guy, but I thought, you know, he could maybe 4-6 four, four, at least, maybe get well, like four, Josh five. Dobbs. Right. Josh I, Dobbs in the 4-6, four, 4-6-5 six, four, six, range. I thought Josh Dobbs is impressive athletically. He's, yeah. he's impressive, like, with everything except, you know, throwing the ball to the right team, <laughs> which is, you know, uh, I, mean, I mean, he's he's intelligent. He's a leader. Balls. He's a mo- mobile guy. He's big, strong arm. I just don't. I don't know. I, but some. I bet you some team buys into him and will want to develop that, and he'll go a lot higher than you know. Anyone Jacoby Brissett threw the ball better than this guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but I'm saying, but athlete, that kind right, of, right, you right. know, that kind of guy. Right. I. Yeah. I, I, is it I don't too? Think is it too far of a comparison? Well, Brissett went what third round? Yeah. So and that's two. I think. Right. I think this is a guy you think maybe. But someone took it. The, the Patriots took a chance on Brissett. Sure. I think Dobbs is a guy fourth, fifth round. Maybe a team will pull the trigger. I don't know. I have him as a PFA. I don't but, think he's. But see, but, but I saw with Dobbs today when the ball when they were throwing the when they were running the routes, like especially the routes where the receiver had to like make the adjustment over the head adjustment. Mm-hmm. He was the one guy that was throwing the ball the best of the guys throwing the ball down the field, well, and that might help him. I yeah. Just, Maybe what? someone says, well, maybe this is when we work like, on the yeah, underneath sure. stuff. And what, the, it, yeah. Ask a Tennessee oh, I know. fan. You know, it's just, no, it, no, you're right. You're right. I don't, I don't, I'm just when saying. When he no. has pressure in his face, uh, you know, the ball just, it's got a mind of its own. Kayat. Kayat. Well, yeah, perfect example, it, sure. I it, mean, he looked great throwing the ball around today when no one's yeah, hitting him. Exactly. He's set up for something like this where in shorts and in seven on seven, yeah. boom, he can do it. But 
when the bullets are flying and that's not something he's comfortable with, nope. and that's when the accuracy suffered, mechanics suffer. Um, and, and, yeah, Kaya's a, Kaya is a good example of a player who looks good in this type of setting. Yeah. But when you watch the tape and, you know, the oh, we've live seen action, that. Yeah, he's all, it's all over the place. Right. Mm. Pat Mahomes, first-round pick. That's how I feel. I don't I, – yeah, I don't uh, disagree. I, I just – it's more finding Boy, the landing that would spot. Be, that would be, yeah. a, you know? that would be yeah. a gutsy call. I, I, th- I don't know. I don't know as a general manager that I can make that call. In the oh, first I could. Round. No, he's not a first round pick for me. But I do think there will be one that recognizes the talent. I, KC late second round. Uh, John Dorsey's a bold guy. Yeah, uh, you know, if, Brian's like, uh, nah, he's going to take that runner from Oklahoma that we're going to go see on Wednesday. Um, probably, but he knows he can get him in the third round. Now he might take him in the first. I I like to award uh, outside <laughs> the box, outside the box thinking. I'm just ignoring that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby, friend of the show, Bobby Belt. Um, he says, given uh, log jam at receiver, obviously, uh, and given the impressive performances from John Ross and Chad Hansen, is Corey Davis at 28 becoming a possibility? I don't think I really see this, but I don't know. Throw yeah. it your way. It, it's funny because we were talking about this earlier, but whenever they show a Corey Davis highlight, it's against Buffalo. Or it's against, you know, it's just – that Matt competition. You don't see that Wisconsin Cotton Bowl highlight? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, yeah, he had a few <laughs> highlights from that game. Sure. But predominantly, you know, his career was built playing Matt competition. And that's just, it's not his fault. That's who recruited him. That's where he went to play. And that's where he dominated. And so it's a shame we can't, couldn't see him here. We won't see him at his pro day. He plans to have a, a workout uh, prior to the draft. But we're talking not until mid-April. We won't have numbers on this guy. Is there a team in the Big Ten that he couldn't play for? Oh no no no! There's not a team in the country he couldn't play for. But wait, so see, I, I, that's what I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to. I, I guess I'm trying to justify. Is it his fault that he ended up at Western Michigan because somebody missed him? It's, a Big Ten team missed it's him. It's the same. It's the same story as why did Antonio Brown go to Central Michigan or right. why did you know Jerry Rice go to what Mississippi Valley State? Yeah, or, I mean, it's, I think it's that type of deal where that you know that that happens. You know, why was JJ Watt have to be a walk on? Yeah, see, we talk about mm-hmm. Cooper Cup. Is there a Pac-12 team that uh-huh. he couldn't have played for? Well, so but Dane, to the point, you don't think those red flags will push him that far down the board? No, though. yeah, I, there's just no. Way. There's too many teams that. Could use a receiver like that. Um, He's my number one guy. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah. I, I think there are too many. And, he, and, and, I, and I love Williams too. He I mean, has too many fans around the league for him to fall that far. I, I have a. I think it's a long shot. He fall. He makes it to the twenties. Yeah, you know, as long as the ankle. Now checks Williams out okay. might go ahead of him. Williams. If, gonna, what if I, Williams run? What if Williams doesn't run well, and then well, all that, of a sudden Williams is a different story. I. He makes a ton of plays on tape, though. You could see them all. Well, sure. But watch the national championship game. The elephant in the room is a guy that was drafted in the first round last year. Ole Miss. Yeah. You're right about so, that. So, you know, Yeesh. a guy that had one catch Laquan, his come on. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come and, on, man. You know, that's just – it's an unfair comparison, but it, the truth is Mike Williams is not a guy – it's not a speedster. His, his game is not built on speed. And it's just – it's going to be hard to overlook. You know, yeah. I, I – Especially after what happened last year to a lot of us that I, thought – don't think he's going to fall to 28, Mike Williams no, or Corey no, Davis. No. But with that said, I do think that uh, – And Ross is really beat up yeah. if you think about yeah, him. No, there mean, might not be a first-round receiver, and, and the second-round receiver might be the answer with all those guys we talked about. Yeah. We talked about with the tight end, you know, why you wait because you can get one later. 
receiver is just in that mix too. I love good segues, and that was one. Okay. A couple of people asked just – and we've talked about his combine, but Zay Jones, mm. what are we talking about here? Where, where are we at? What are you thinking? Did he move himself up maybe around by what he – what, why, what he uh, what he ran? I think between the Senior Bowl and what he did today, yes. I okay. think he, in my mind, he went from a borderline top 100 pick, right. third, fourth round, right, up into a guy that belongs somewhere top 75. Okay. Uh, so we're talking second round, right? You know, maybe a chance he gets into the early third, but he's not going to wait long on day two to hear his name. I don't think he's a first round guy, um, but I think he's a, a very quality receiver who. There's a lot. There's so much to like about him. There is a lot to like about him. But Dane, you boy, you brought up something. You watch that tape. It's like 130 balls going sideways. Yeah. There's not a lot of him. There's some. There's some. There's a couple. I mean, I'm trying to remember the game where it, I, I remember one of the games I was watching. It might have been they played South Carolina. So ball went down the field. Mm-hmm. Adjusting catch down mm-hmm. the field. And I'm like, going, oh, there's one. Right. But but the majority of his stuff is sideways or slants. Or the in the in kind of stuff, and not at intermediate depth, and that's where it's, it's or sideline outs is another thing. I mean, he's got that balance. And on that's the where outside. you have to be a good scout. You know, yeah. we're talking about with corners who you know they have the the body to press, but they weren't asked to do it in college. Right. You know, or you know, a receiver who has the vertical skills wasn't asked to do it. You know, right. he averaged under 11 yards per catch in college. Right. It's an alarming low oh, number. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, but it's just you can't That's blame the him the way yeah. he was used. And uh, watching him on tape, you thought, you know, this guy, he's a slot-only receiver who, you know, not going to stretch the, the, the defense out vertically. But he has the numbers that tells you he can do it, just wasn't asked to do it. Yep. Eddie – Along a similar line, but Eddie wants to know, and I mean, obviously, potentially from the last couple of days, um, guys who maybe have snuck into the back end of the first round in your eyes that, uh, that weren't there. Trying to think of some guys that potentially the Cowboys mm. could be. It sounds like a Cowboys well, it, angle. I mean, it, it is angled toward the Cowboys, but it doesn't have well, how to How about be. Godwin? I mean, I know I have him in the second round. Yeah. I have, he's my number one receiver in the second round. What uh, about a, a guy we haven't talked about yet, Curtis Samuel? Four three one today. Ooh. Okay, now there you go. Ooh. I think a player who but you know he I'm worked out with the receivers, but to, you know we both a running back. We both believe he's, he's a, a running, running back. back. But if, I think the fact that he could he can do both that there's a discussion there tells you about his versatility. So yeah. you're saying we're gonna have two first round gadget backs? Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you, his kid McCaffrey, is five eleven one ninety six, and he went four three one eighteen times with the weights, thirty seven with the vertical, nine eleven with the broad. He's got the shuttle of four three three, which is a little surprising because I thought yeah. he'd be a little bit quicker than that. But I'll tell you what, though, watching him run routes and stuff, I, he's a running back to me. I agree. I mean, he is. Well, he's but, but, he's in that Christian McCaffrey mold where, right. you know, he's not only a running back. I, I think if you're going to label him as something on a roster, I agree. You put the RB next to his name. Mm-hmm. But you let him go in the slot. You, he's the chess piece on an offense where you move him around right. and you stress out the defense. Because the defense is wondering, okay, what's he going to do? Is he going out to run routes? Sure. Is he going to stay in and block? Uh, is he going to get the handoff? He just he keeps defenses guessing. And a, a player like that that can be that type of weapon, uh, you can use Curtis Samuel. So I, I think he's he was in the top 40 mix before. I think he definitely is now. Okay, well, thank you very much for all the questions on Twitter on the 20. We appreciate the interaction we have. Uh, we will continue to always do that. I want to thank Ed Cahill for coming up with that. I love it because it's the interaction, and hopefully you got your question answered. Okay, okay so when we come back, 
We're going to visit with David Hellman. He was on the bus with Jerry Jones for two hours today. Let's see what Mr. Jones has to offer him and uh, tell us a little bit about this trap. We'll be right back. Deep in Texas soil as you are. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. With unlimited data from AT&T, you can stream your favorite DirecTV content almost anywhere. Side effects may include sports-induced public celebration, yes! increased desire to share spoilers, and repeated late-night use of the phrase. Just one more episode. The unlimited effect. Get unlimited data when you switch to AT&T Wireless and have DirecTV. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T makes slow speeds. Must have eligible TV service. If you're not eligible, AT&T will move you to a new plan and overage charges may apply. Plan will include stream saver. Other restrictions apply. See store for plan details. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, Cowboy legends, cheerleaders, and me, Brian Broadus. Want to stay at the team hotel? With Star Sports Tours, you can. And our outstanding ticket selection is unmatched. You can trust the official travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys. And with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit StarSportsTours.com to book your travel packages today. When an injury keeps you from being active, you want one place that has the expertise to care for all your orthopedic needs. As the largest not-for-profit healthcare system in Texas, Baylor Scott & White Health is ready to care for you as a whole person. From athletic injuries to arthritis, you'll get personalized care from orthopedic specialists. So no matter where life finds you, today or in years to come, trust that we'll be there to care for you. To find a physician, visit BaylorScottAndWhite.com. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. The Cowboys are on the clock. Back Back here at the 2017 NFL Combine, Brian brought us along with Dane Brugler, David Hillman, Kent Garrison, executive producing uh, this show. I want to thank everybody out there that's been following along uh, on uh, on Twitter, on the various platforms where we've done our show. Uh, I was looking at the podcast numbers and stuff like that. It's been outstanding. Can't thank you guys enough. Uh, you know, if you want to leave comments, you want to go in that section leave some comments. I always go in there and try and see if there's anything new. Any way we can approve the show, uh, we'll be happy to do that. Uh, also, too, want to uh, talk about your podcast as well. You do a couple of podcasts. You do this one, and then you do one with Jeff Cavanaugh, who's our partner at 105.3. Yeah, Trust the Tape. Trust the Tape. Check which, it out. Check it. It's a very good podcast. Uh, a lot of information in that one as well. And then also, too, you're, this with the combine coming to a close, you got workouts coming up. You're working on the on the on the beast. The beast, yes. The thing is, uh, it's gonna be extra beastly this year. Uh, it's, no, it's gonna be full of you know, everyone who's bought it before. They know what they're getting. Over 400 reports, everything you need to know from you know, the workouts, the scouting report to uh, no details too small. So, uh, yeah, check that out. Uh, should be ready here at the end of this month. Uh, before we get talking about Jerry Jones, I did want to mention. Yeah. We heard from some defensive linemen today, right. uh, Tack McKinley being one of them. Yes. A, a player that I know Cow a lot of Cowboys fans are in interested in. Uh, he's going to do everything tomorrow in the drills, even though he has a bum right shoulder. Yeah. He has, he's having surgery yeah. on Monday. Right. Uh, do the workouts and but go he's, against. And he's still benching. It tells you how a warrior this guy is. Seriously. Right. He revealed today that he's had that injury the last two years. He's played through it. So yeah. uh, some interesting things from Tack McKinley today, learning about that injury. 
just he's an interesting player, and I, I think David said it best. You know, it, the team that gets him, the media will be happy with the sound bites you're going to get from this guy. He's right. a great quote. And, yeah, it's unbelievable. And he's just like, yeah, like, this is my dream. Obviously, I'm, I mean, I played two years with this thing. Obviously, I'm just going to, like, go through all these workouts with a torn labrum. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And well, he's just like, yeah, obviously. He's t- and also one thing, too, uh, Miles Garrett revealed yeah. today that he had hurt his ankle. You know, and any right. type. So if you're one of those guys that are watching tape or gals that's watching tape, anything after the Arkansas game is really bad for exactly. him because he got his, his ankle hurt in practice. you got to watch September, uh, UCLA, the season opener. Uh, yeah, that injury happened in Ar- against Arkansas. And then the rest of the season he was he struggled with. He thought he was coming back, and then he revealed today that someone uh, you know, ran into him, re-injured that ankle during practice. So that really kept him uh, side, not sidelined because he was on the field, but uh, gimpy the rest of the year. And that's why you know, I, I think he was not as effective as you usually expect him to against Alabama and the, against the bigger teams yeah. down the stretch. Right. And Jabril Peppers was another one mm-hmm. we got a chance to visit with. Jabril Peppers will work out with the linebackers and the defensive backs on Monday. So he has an arrangement with the combine to be able to do position drills. He's going to run his 40 with the linebackers tomorrow, do all their drills, stay over, and then on Monday not run the 40 again, but just do the drills uh, with the defensive backs. So he was asked, first question out of the box, they said, what position do you play? He says, what do I look like I play? You know, he sees himself as a safety. defensive. Yeah, he, he sees he sees himself as a safety, but he's going through the linebacker drills as well because that's the position he was listed at to start the year. And he also said he would be willing to work out on the offensive side for exactly for the running back ass, yeah. teams that want to look at him so. as a run. We we kind of we kind of hinted that that's one of I thought that maybe his best position might even be as a running back. So. Put we'll the ball see. in his hands. Yeah, put yeah. the ball in his hands. So we'll see. Those are all things that uh, all he can. Uh, all you can do is do what well, people a lot ask of versatile you to, you players. Yeah. A lot of versatile players. Okay, David, you had the opportunity. You got to spend two hours today with the owner, president, general manager. I did on the bus talking about various things. That um, broad question is always the takeaway, but let's keep it oh. draft specific. Yeah, no, I mean there's you can. there's a lot of takeaway, and I mean we can get into Romo and a bunch of that stuff at a time. You can read DallasCowboys.com. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you and Rob but, Phillips have but got here, stuff up. The, yeah. the full video is on there if you want to watch it yeah. and listen to it. Here on go. here on the draft show, I think we should talk about War Daddies. Okay. Uh, because one of the things he touched on was how do you go about finding the War Daddy pass rusher that you mentioned that you want? Right. Uh, so I'm just going to read the quote because it's, it's fantastic. He said, well, I'll tell you how you try to get one. You try to do it like we did with Lawrence, which was trading up to get him rather than waiting for him to come to you. You try to get him like we did with Gregory. That's some of the capital you talk about there. You take more risks. You get a little riskier. You get aggressive on going to get him, all of which is not as sound as getting him with the first pick in the draft, which obviously they don't have that option. Right. But you got to be imaginative in, in positioning that. And my experience is that with more risk, there's more risk involved if you're willing to take it. Okay. So kind of sounds like if if one like, of these kind of sounds like if Jerry one of these if one of these bold in this yeah. draft sounds like Cowboys are trading up to number one for Garrett. <laughs> yeah, which he didn't outline this. I've sat in drafts where he didn't have a one and he was absolutely miserable. So probably he, don't need to do that. Yeah, not happening. He he didn't detail it. But, I mean, he I thought it was really interesting. Okay, yeah, you traded up for Lawrence, and we talked about that the other night. Maybe you trade up from 28 to, you know, 20 right. or something to right. get get this guy. But he threw Gregory out there, too. 
which like as soon as and I mean I don't know anything. I'm not you know I'm not trying to tell you something, but as soon as he said that, I Tim was like, Williams? Tim Williams. I mean, you sit here and you think you're like, well, the Cowboys learned their lesson. They're not going to do that sure, again. But nah, like, but learn their lesson. but if you have a chance to get a war daddy, I think Tim I don't Williams. Know, man, I think Tim Williams is the second best pass rusher in this draft. I think you just just. Can, and this is the maybe the smartest thing I think you've ever said in the five years I've known you, which is that you can't 100% predict what's going to happen when the GM knows he's not going to get fired. Yeah. I mean, that's when the, just when, when straight the, up. When the, GM knows, when the GM knows that he will have his job the day after the draft. And the year after the And the, the year draft. after the draft and the year after the draft then you you can make some bold moves. If Jerry Jones thinks that he needs a big deal pass rusher to really – I hate the term put this team over the top, but to really make a difference on this year's team, I definitely don't think he'd be afraid to do something bold. Okay, now, let's, let's talk about guys – Could Steven we, Jones and Will McClay talk they, about they it? They could sure, maybe do sure that. Sure they could. Well, let me ask you this, though. It, could he – Could you know, we've talked about if McKin, if McKinley was healthy – he would not make it to Dallas at 28. Do you think? I would be surprised. No. Yeah, no. Yeah, I no. Don't if think he so was either. healthy, I think he's like a top 20, top okay. 15. Okay, so then that leaves like, how about a guy like Barnett? And we think Barnett might go a little bit higher. Uh, yeah, I don't think th- he's, okay, now he's what not if, falling 28. Okay, okay, what if Barnett were to get to 18? Yeah, now do you go get him? Now do you go get him? That's the scenario. What are we giving up? Well, you're gonna obviously probably you're gonna it has ha- to be 92. You're gonna have yeah. It's, you're oh gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that enough? Uh, it, it might not, not be. Maybe not to get 18. Yeah. I mean, if, you're, if you're going up to like 22, then I think that might be enough. You're gonna have to probably give up 60. Oh. And I don't think you do that. You you try at all costs to avoid that. Don't take 60. I'm just telling you though you to go up, that. Ju- I don't up? have my chart in front of you, but in the next draft show. Next Thursday, when we're back at the Star, I'll bring my je- my draft chart with me. Would with you their give chart. up? Would you give up ninety two and one thirty three to get from twenty eight to? 18? Oh God, you don't have a fifth round pick either. Yeah, no, you get you're basically you're saying you're getting three good picks, or I'm sorry, you're getting two really good picks. You have to be pretty convinced that that player is going to come in from yeah. day one yeah. and make an impact. Well, okay, let me. I mean, and I'm I'm not saying I think this is a great idea, but I'm thinking like I'm Jerry Jones, and I'm saying. <laughs> Jalen Smith's playing. Charles Tapper's playing. I got. I, I got those extra the, picks. The Cowboys yeah, see those two guys as two draft picks that are joining the squad on this team. Like yeah. they're basically and two both extra of them, draft both picks. Both of them are just like cover your eyes and hope <laughs> for the best. Yeah, no, I'm but serious. I, I'm not. I'm, well, not, I mean, I'm serious too. You th- I mean, if you throw those two guys in the mix and you're saying, "Give me," we'll say, we'll say Barnett just for the sake of a name. Right. Throw in Barnett and then a. DB at 60, and then you add those two guys to the mix and go to You're going to need a safety or a corner, it sounds like, yeah, unless no. you've got plans of re-signing they some have, of these guys. They have too much crap that they need to do for them to be able to pull that off. That's too bold. That's tough. It really is. I I can't see him doing that. So the likely scenario then would be for him to do what he did with Gregory. Let somebody take a, fall? Take a chance on Williams being there at 60. Mm. God, what if they did that to, you know, back-to-back? Yeah, I don't. Okay, let me, let's, right, let's, let's look at the crystal ball. Let's drafts. look at the crystal ball. Sure. No, tell and me we're, what's going to happen and we're right sitting now. And we're sitting there at day two at the draft, and it comes up to Dallas. Uh, and all of a sudden we see Jason Garrett emphatically trying to convince Jerry Jones not to take the guy. Garrett's just like. And Will McClay is like, he's kind of trying to explain to Garrett. 
And Jerry wants nothing to do with what either one of them are talking about right Mc, now. No, McClay's. What just, are you going to say when you when you when you say it's going to be Tim Williams? What's your what's your going to the crystal ball? What are you going to say? Good luck. Uh, you know, you cross your fingers uh, and you just hope that the guy buys in and doesn't get into any problems. I don't. That is a huge risk to take. I'm not sure I'm willing to do it. And we're still after what happened with Gregory. You're sure. not. Yeah. Well, and not only that, but just I don't know. And we're still figuring out. I want to know with Spence. Did you Did you listen to Tim Williams talk today? He He seemed like he was on the defensive pretty much. Oh yeah, I think that stems from what he's been used to the past few days being yeah. with teams. Yeah. You know, he's he's taking you a lot know, of he, heat. He is. He is a punching bag right now. Exactly. So. I don't know. I don't. I think there's a good chance that when it's all said and done, he's not a first round pick. Right, but it's sixty. That's what we're talking about. Hey, and for the record, we nobody saw Gregory falling all that way at right. sixty. So, who knows? If he's there at sixty, I, you know what? Here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's. I don't think anyone would be surprised when they made that move. No, I don't think so. And, and let it be noted that we, on the last night of the combine for us, we if if it gets to that point, we're just all in on. Tim. We're, no, no I'm, I don't I'm think, not for the record. I, I, you know what, you guys, it, it, I think they, I I hope that they've learned their lesson. Well, I, I, I hope. But you're right, though. What you said earlier, Dave, this general manager, he okay. said, he you quoted him. Let's pull it. Let's pull it back though, and be a little more realistic here. And not that that's unrealistic, but a little more vague, I guess. Going back to the point, the original point. If you got a package, twenty-eight and ninety-two to get some, like how high up can that get you? And I know you don't have a chart. I'm I, I wish I had my spot. chart with me. I'm sorry. I mean, Dane said. I mean, twenty-eight to twenty-two. See if <sighs> I could just get Denver to take Romo. If I could hey, just get hey, Denver and then right, flop well, those spots, we don't we don't need to get too deep. I'm into trying it, to get to twenty. Jerry yeah. Jerry said all possibilities are still on the table with Tony Romo. So okay. don't I mean that's not done. That's not finished. Real quick, did he say anything about backup quarterback? He did. Did he say anything about drafting a guy or he is he actually going to had a guy? really he had a real I'm I'm it's going to take me forever to find it. But he basically said you know he they they really like Kellen Moore. Which okay, draft you know mm-hmm. roll your eyes or clap your hands however you feel. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um. But, you know, he's basically like, you know, we don't have to get this, like, old 35-year-old veteran guy. In the scenario where Tony Romo's not here, you know, we could bring back a guy like Kellen Moore and draft another guy. And I think I'm totally inferring here, but I kind of get the impression, like, Jerry really likes the idea of kind of like that Green Bay model of just having a guy yeah. in the pipeline. The lottery the ticket. Yeah, I think it's – and I don't – I think it works. I don't disagree with it at all. If this – if they were to draft a quarterback in the late rounds, I think it would piss a lot of fans off. But I think it would be smart. Oh yeah, I don't know how. Why would you be pissed off about that? Like it's it's a lottery because ticket. it's, it's a, a player chance. that ideally will not be. Pl- they don't have a fifth round team. pick, and you're kind of it's, yeah, it's a player that get one. Yeah, barring a catastrophe, he's not going to take snaps, right. and that makes fans upset. Just as a general rule, he's saying anything about his offensive line, the right tackle spot. Uh, he said he has. There's been no indication that uh, Doug Free plans on retiring, which okay. we kind of heard that earlier in the week. But they well. still relying on Chaz yeah. Green yeah. to be that Well, guy. we didn't really talk about Chaz and Lyell, but he did, I mean, he expects Doug Free to finish up his contract. Okay. So that's worth considering. But, yeah, no, I did think, like Jerry kind of said, you know, we don't have to get this old quarterback on his last legs like mm. a Kyle Orton back in the day. Like sure. you know, maybe we draft another guy and just kind of keep the youth movement going, which yeah. I think is a good idea. All right. Well, that so. was that that was good stuff, though. I, I like what he's but talking about. I I mean, my eyebrows oh. shot up off my head when I heard him talking uh, about I, taking risks to get. I got daddies. one more thing. I'm sorry. One more thing. Cause I didn't anything about cornerback or safety. 
really, I'm writing a story about it right now. He said he would not tell us which, but he said there's two positions on this roster that I think we really we have to do something about. We really can't afford to let that slip. I think cornerback is obviously one right. Of them. Wide receiver is a really good candidate, specifically the Terrence spot, wide receiver too. And then, I mean, safety is yeah. kind of an issue as well. So, And people will say pass rusher. I disagree with that because they have a lot they, they have a lot of bodies. Yes, they could stand to improve, but they have the bodies necessary to play a game, whereas at cornerback and receiver, they don't. So, Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, and that all starts when we get back. I mean, we're going to see. Tuesday, I, right, the ninth. I have a feeling a handful of, like, longtime Cowboys Thursday? are going to be holding up new jerseys by the end of this yeah, week. Yeah, uh, you're right about that. Okay, so, David, thank you so yeah. much for doing that. And that is, uh, that's going to be all the time that we have uh, today. And uh, just, again, thank everybody out there uh, for joining us these last several days. We appreciate all the interaction we have with you uh, with the Twitter on the 20. We appreciate you guys listening, all the various platforms. Again, I encourage you to go on, make comments, stuff like that. I'd be happy to, uh, to read those, anything we could do to improve the show. We'll be back with these guys, Dane Brugler, David Helm, and Kent Garrison. I'll be back with them on next Thursday from the Star. We'll put a bow on this combine, look at uh, look ahead, and, and look at these pro days. Got those coming up now, and uh, not too far we'll be drafting some players. So, once again, thanks, everybody out there. Thanks to Derek Eagleton. Thanks to Ed Cahill. And thanks to Taylor Stern for always pushing our stuff out there. We'll see you guys next week from the Star.